Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this new episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors on Anchor.fm. Now that hunting season's over, we're gearing up to change pace and do some fishing here in Louisiana. We took some trips out in the last couple of weeks, and in this episode, we're going to recap where we went, what we were fishing for, and some gear that we were using out on the water that may help you in determining what gear you want to choose for this coming spring season. So stay tuned to this episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Hey everybody, Jacob Robery here with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I hope everybody's having a fantastic work week. So far, it is Tuesday, March 10th, 2020 here in Louisiana, and hope everybody's doing okay. It's been a little while since we uh, got on and did a, a new episode, but Coming out of hunt season, we were wore out this year. We kind of did some recap episodes on the way the season went, waterfowl season here in Louisiana. And those of you who follow us on a regular basis and listeners, we, we, we really appreciate it as always. Um, we hope that you share our podcast here with your friends and maybe get some other um, some of your buddies and friends out listening to us. Uh, for all of you who share us uh, our information on social media, we really appreciate it. And if you're not familiar with us, you're stumbling upon us for the first time here on Anchor.fm, welcome. We'd like to welcome you to the show. Um, We're all about outdoors here in Louisiana. Um, And in the last couple of weeks, we've really done some resting, you know, kind of resting up from hunting season this year. And we're switching gears now. The time's changed here in the last couple of days. And we have longer days that comes with the, uh, the, the, the time change. So it's, it's getting daylight a little bit later. It's getting dark a little bit later in the evenings. And that's my favorite time of year personally. So I'm looking forward to it. You get a lot more done, it seems like, in the spring season. So what we're going to be switching gears toward is we're going to be getting ready and gearing up for fishing season here in, in Louisiana. Spring season upon us. A lot of people are fired up about spring fishing here in Louisiana. Um, you know, Louisiana is one of those unique states down south where our spawns tend to take place a lot earlier than some of those of you in the north and uh, in the middle, midsection of the country. Um, our temperatures tend to get a little warmer down here a lot earlier, which, you know, that's Mother Nature's way of, of, of carrying out, um, you know, her, her spawning season with the fish and uh, the seasons change. So we're looking forward to it. Um, a lot of you may still be in winterization up north, you know, getting those boats kind of prepped and ready so you can get out on the lake. In Louisiana, we don't have to really worry too much about winterization in most cases. But uh, we took some trips out over the last couple of weeks, had the boat ready, uh, kind of prepped it a couple of weeks back when hunt season ended and was getting it ready to take it out. So two weeks ago, we uh, we went out and we did some, we, we took it out for a test run on a on local river here around the house. And, uh, you know, everything ran great, which was, which is always a good thing because when you take it out for the first time during the season, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to have or what problems you're going to run into. But, uh, I was very blessed. I try to do real good maintenance on, on the boats that I have. Um, so I have, I have a, a, a little 16 and a half foot, uh, well, not a well build. It's actually a, uh, a weld craft, 16 and a half foot weld craft with a 52 stroke mercury on it. Perfect little pan fishing boat. So wanted to get it out on the river, local river and do some fishing and, and get it ready basically for the uh, for the, the upcoming season. As we get into full swing, we'll be on the water quite a bit more. So 
Jackson and I and uh, Amy and Hudson went out to our our local river. And for those of you who listen that are local, you'll be familiar with the whole, um, you know, Amit River Basin area, Blind River, Amit River. We went out and we we did, uh, you know, we did one day. We took the boat out just to run it, kind of didn't stay real long. Took it out, kind of started out, opened it up, you know, and did some paces with it. Everything was running good. And then we the, probably about the last hour before um, dark, we decided to do some some sackleye fishing, and we were in the Blind River Basin, so we we didn't have any plans at all to go out and catch any fish and keep any fish that day. But we uh, we, we pulled out some of the sackleye gear we had brought with us, and we 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 put a cork. We got a we got some tube jigs under a cork at about two feet, and we went to the back of a dead end canal that that's very familiar in our area off of Blind River, um, which many of you who are familiar with that area know the Joe Bourgeois Canal. That's a, that's a pretty popular area in, the, in that particular uh, region of the river. So we went down to Joe Bourgeois, and we ran to the back of Joe Bourgeois. Uh, on the back of this particular canal, there, there's several dead ends, and all, all these canals were dug out at one point for oil um, or gas valves. They were doing some oil valves and gas valves in the back of these dead ends so they're they're dredged they're trenched so that these these service crews and work boots uh work boats could get to these particular valves and uh they could maintenance them um so they're man-made canals so we went to the back of some of these canals off of joe bourgeois and uh like i mentioned we we pulled out some tube jigs on a cork started out at about two foot maybe three foot at the deepest and the first 20 minutes or so we didn't really have no bites at all but once we got to the back end pond of the dead ends, uh, they had some nice grass growing up. They have some good grass beds that were coming in, which is nice to see. Um, the water conditions were real low. Um, this is a tidal fishery that we were fishing. And for those of you who are familiar with the area, um, the water fluctuates constantly. So it, it could it could be high one day. You could get a north wind at this time of year which is what we had encountered. We had a north wind come in a few days before we took the boat out. And when those north winds, those strong north winds come out, you'll get the water just absolutely suck out of these, these, these areas. So the rivers will drop, the banks will have mud banks, you know, and, and it really brings the water levels down. So the day we went out and ran and we decided to do a little bit of fishing, the, the water was pretty low. Um, a lot of the structure, like your, your, your cypress tree and Tupelo gum trees, uh, stumps they were exposed which was something that you could target and throw at if you were fishing so we started targeting some of those those laydowns and those uh those stump areas and about probably about an hour before dark we started we, we picked up a sackleye um, which those of you who are familiar with the term sackleye who may not be from louisiana that's just another uh word or term that we use for crappie or for uh white perch if you're from the, the central part of the state where i grew up at uh, and up north toward North Louisiana, you'll be more familiar with white perch. So we were fishing white perch, crappie, sockele, however you, you want to reference it. And uh, we started picking up one. Then we picked up another three, four, five, six. And once I got to number six, and they, I'm talking pretty good size sockele, um, they were full of eggs. It looks like they were, they were gearing up, trying to get ready to spawn. I turned around to Amy and I told her, I said, well, I said, maybe we should start keeping some of them. And she said, "Well, it's up to you." She said, "Hell, we can, we didn't plan on coming back tomorrow, but uh, if we if we're catching them like this, 
we're going to try to come back. So that's that's kind of what we were. We, we said, okay, well, we'll keep the next couple that we catch. And sure enough, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Before we knew it, we had four in the live well. And I think uh, by the time it got dark, we ended up, um, I think we ended up having right around 10 or 11 that we had in the live well. So we went ahead and we kept those. And what we were doing was, like I mentioned earlier, it was basically just, you know, under cork tube jigs. The colors that we were using that day, I had put on a popsicle color tube jig, and it was it was just your basic style grub with a curl tail is all it was. But these fish, they seem to be kind of congregated around any kind of structure. So those those exposed uh, tree stumps that were, that would normally be under the water, they were kind of congregating around those particular tree stumps, like you would see brim congregate on a bed around you know spawn time. Um, they were just holding tight to structures, what it was. And if you casted next to that structure, you either A, you were hung up because you were trying to get it close to it, or B, you had a fish on most of the time. So, um, we ended, like I said, we ended up with, I think, 10 or 12, maybe a dozen of them. And uh, we said, okay, well, we, we saw enough to where we're going to come back tomorrow. The only issue we had with going back the next day was that we had, we had some obligations that we had to take care of. Uh, it's springtime, also big sports time in our family. So both our boys are playing baseball. Basketball just ended last weekend. And uh, and we had baseball practice, so I helped coach Jackson's, my oldest son's baseball team. So we had baseball practice at 12 noon. And Amy said, I tell you what, she said, why don't we just hook up the boat? We'll bring it to baseball practice with us. And she said, as soon as baseball practice is over, we'll go ahead and we'll leave. So... I kind of got fired up. I knew that we had caught some fish. I knew they were going to be there the next day. I looked at the tide. The tide wasn't supposed to fluctuate a whole lot. Uh, now, the only thing typically when that water sucks out in these regions um, is if you get a hard south wind, maybe blow back in. And what it does is it's the reverse reversal of what a north wind does. The north wind, typically the tide will suck all the water out. You get a south, big south, southwest wind, and it's going to blow all the water back in, which could you know, alter the bite. But when I looked at the tide, it didn't look like we were going to have any, any, any big tide swings. Um, so it was looking pretty good for Sunday. So what I did that night is I actually went out. We, we, you know, typical, typical family, you know, we, we do, a, you got to understand, we do a lot of bass fishing. Jackson and I do a lot of bass fishing, but when it comes to this time of year, um, it's not always something that's real fun for, uh, Amy and Hudson, who's five years old, my, my youngest son, it's not easy to, for them to sackley or crappie fish while we're bass fishing. And, and those of you who, who have a family and you've tried doing it, it can some kind, sometimes kind of get difficult to do both of them. So I said, hey, you know what? We've been hunting all season. I want to let them have some fun, let the kids catch some fish, uh, let Amy get out there and catch some fish. We're going to go ahead and we're going to go sackley fishing. And uh, and that's that's what the game plan was. So, you know, we, we're going out there. I had kind of got some gear together, not intending to do a whole lot of fishing that first day when we took the boat out running. But uh, we stumbled upon these fish. I knew that we could go back the next day. But, you know, it, it's basic family stuff. Zepco 202s, Zepco 33s. You know, I don't want to give the, the, the kids too good of, of gear because, let's be honest, they hard on it. Uh, those of you who have little kids, you know how it is. They'll tear it up. They'll destroy it. Half the time, it's hung up in the trees. Uh, I, but Amy, she's been wanting to get her a new reel. So I, what I did is I, I knew we were going back the next day. I said, okay, I'm going to go out. 
I'm going to pick up some new equipment, kind of uh, make some upgrades to some of our equipment. Jackson's older now. He's 10. He he knows, you know, how to fish. <coughs> he can do it. He can do it the right way. So I said, I'm going to go out to the store. I'm going to go to Academy, pick us up some gear and uh, make a few upgrades on some equipment, which I'm going to touch on here, you know, as we get more into this episode. Uh, so the next day we, we go out, we, we go to baseball practice. Like I mentioned, we had the boat hooked up and ready. I had my live wells cleaned out. I was ready to go. We were going with the intention of catching some fish. So after baseball practice, we scoot out. And once again, this is before the time changed. So we didn't have the luxury of having a long afternoon going late into the evening with a lot of sunlight. So we, you know, we were getting out of ba- baseball practice at about one thirty. By the time we make it to the boat launch, you're looking at about two, two twenty somewhere in that ballpark, and then we were, you know, with, with a fifty horsepower outboard, the run that we had to make, you're looking at about another 20, 25 minute run. So you have a couple hours of fishing. So we make that run, we get to the launch, and by the way, there's tons of people. So you can definitely tell it's spring season. You, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly at all the public boat launches. And uh, we, by the time we launched and got to the hole, we had a couple hours of fishing time. So we immediately, uh, we had all our stuff rigged up already. Uh, we had some new reels, um, which I'll kind of talk about. And we had some, uh, some new rods. So trying to upgrade on the equipment that I mentioned coming from your Zebco 202s and stuff like that. I, um, about a year ago, I finally took the plunge. I made a, a purchase of, uh, on a good spin cash reel. I'll spend hundreds and thousands probably of dollars on bait casting equipment and bass fishing gear, but I'm a, I'm a cheap ass when it comes to, to the purse fishing and stuff like that. I always said, okay, well, why not just buy a cheap reel? I'll, I'll turn around. I'll, I'll buy a cheap reel. If it breaks, I'll get another one. But I can honestly tell you after I bought a really good spin cash reel last year, which I bought a, a, a Zepco Omega. Um, it's one of Zepco's top tiered spin cash reels. And I have to say, it's a night and day difference all over any of the, the, the cheap stuff that they offer out in the market. Um, I bought that one for myself because we'll take, you know, probably five or six good soccer trips a year. Um, but like I said, we met, we, we, I mentioned we do a lot of bass fishing. That's, that's usually when we go fishing, what we're, we're fishing for. But, uh, you know, with the family getting involved more and more, we started doing a little bit more soccer fishing and, and purse jerking. And I wanted to buy something that I, I didn't have to fight with, you know, cheap string and it wouldn't reel up any kind of slack when you said the hook. So I bought myself a Zebco Omega. And I have to say for the money, it's an absolutely phenomenal reel. There's no not a whole lot of plastic components on it. It's super smooth. The drag system on it's really good. We catch some really nice sackley. Uh, in a Chafalaya Basin, which is one of my favorite places to go soccer fishing. But right now, the Chafalaya Basin, the, the water's just not right. The water levels aren't right. We hadn't had the river fall like we needed to fall. So we, you, you start looking at other areas to target, you know, in the springtime. You got to go where the water's right. So I bought me an Omega. But the other day, I went to Academy, like I mentioned, that night before uh, our Sunday trip and uh, spent a little bit of money. I dropped about a hundred dollars or so on some new perch jerking equipment, and a couple of a couple of reels that I looked at. I went to look for another Omega to buy my wife. Um, they didn't have the Omega, but they had the step underneath it, which was the Zepco Delta. And 
those of you who are familiar with the Zepco and you do a lot of purse jerking, you might be familiar with the Delta reel. The Delta is basically a clone of the Omega, but it has a few less ball bearings in it. And I, I, I went ahead and I, I kind of I played with one that was on display. It felt just like my Omega almost. Uh, very, very hard to tell the difference if it wasn't cl close to an Omega. Maybe a little bit less smoother, which would make sense because if it has less ball bearings, that could have been the difference in the smoothest. So they had one left on the shelf. It retails for about 49, 50 bucks at Academy. I went ahead, I snatched it up. I wanted to get her a nice reel. She deserves it when she comes. She enjoy, truly enjoys fishing. Uh, she's not having to babysit the kids in the boat anymore like we did when they were little. Uh, and I wanted to get her a nice reel so she didn't have to struggle with a cheap, a cheaper, you know, version of a reel. So bought her, bought her a Zepco Delta. Uh, I wanted to get Jackson, upgrade him on his reel. He had an old used Zepco 33, which was still working fine, but it wasn't as smooth as it used to be. Um, so Zepco has a new series of reels called a Zepco Roam, is what it was. And when I grabbed it, I, I, it was on the, the peg. It was by itself, and it, I, I didn't look closely at the price tag. I just knew it was right around 15, 16 bucks. Um, and when I got to the register, it actually rung up at $29 and I realized it was a little bit more expensive. It had just been placed on the wrong peg in the, in the store at Academy. So I, I didn't flinch. I said, you know what? He, he's a, he's a pretty seasoned fisherman now. He, uh, he throws bait casters on his own. Now when we bass fish, he, he, I need to get him something a little bit nicer too. So I went with the Zepco Rome in a matte black color, really nice, smooth reel has some soft grip knobs on it. Um, has a double a double knob handle on it, and uh, it ended up working out really well. He likes it a lot. So the Zepco Rome, very smooth pickup on it. Drag system seems to be very good. But the third reel I bought was something that's new to the market for 2020. Uh, those of you who have followed us on social media through the years, uh, and you you follow our fishing side of of our page, um, we've had a partnership with Lose Reels since Lou's came back out into the market. I actually met Mr. Gary Raymond Snyder and all the guys from Lou's at the 2011 Bassmaster Classic uh, when we were down in New Orleans. They, Lou's was making a big push in the market. That was the first year they came back out into the fishing industry since they had went out of business years ago. And uh, I formed a relationship with, with those guys at Lou's. And when I was fishing tournaments and fishing competitively on a local level, um, I was using Lou's products because I, honestly, I felt that they had the best products in the market in the bait casting industry, uh, and they always treated us exceptionally well. Lou, the guys over at Lou's are some of the most fantastic people you'll ever work with. And, you know, I haven't worked with all the companies, but I've been in the sporting goods industry as a retail manager with Cabela's for many years. I've been in the boating side of it and the boating business with Cabela's and other business, other companies for several years. I've been doing this a long time. I've met a lot of people through the years. I've used a lot of different products and I can honestly tell you, uh, Lou's makes some phenomenal fishing products that are out on the market and they continue to get better and better and better. Well, with that being said, this year they released a new spin cash reel. Spin cash reels isn't something that Lou's has, you know, always been in the market since they came out on that. Hasn't been a major part of, of their of their um, of their market share, but they did come out with a, a, a spin cash reel. I believe it was two, maybe three years ago. They came out. They have an American Hero uh, series of products that 
honors our veterans here in the U.S. It, they give proceeds from the sales of the American Hero line back to our veterans. And it, it's a phenomenal program. If you're not familiar with it, I invite you to visit Lou's website. Um, it's www.lou's.com. And check out the American Hero lineup of products that Lou's offers. Um, not only is it a superb line of products, whether it's a bait cash reel, a, a bait cash rod, spinning reel, spinning rod, but they also offer a spin cast combo that came out two to three years ago. And it was a double knob, double uh, double knob handled reel, um, sold retailed for right around $11, $12. And for $11 or $12, <coughs> excuse me, you would probably think, oh, it's just another cheap reel. It's going to be crap. It's going to break the first couple of uses out. I have to tell you, that Spincast American Hero Lose Reel that came out a couple of years ago, I, I purchased them when they came out. I used them over the last couple of years. Now, granted, not 20, 30 trips a year, more like five, six Sacolay trips a year, a couple of brim fishing trips a year. But this thing is as smooth as it was on day one that I bought it. it it's, it's superb. For a $12 reel, it's absolutely a phenomenal reel and they are still available in stores that original model that lose came out with it's still available in stores now uh you can pick it up at academy you could go to lose website um i believe tackle warehouse carries them and a lot of the other retailers like walmart that carry loose products they'll have them um, they did come out with a new version of the original this year uh that they made some upgrades on i think they increased the ball bearing capacity on that particular reel and they also um, they also changed up the handle on it a little bit, so that that was a nice uh, change that they made to it. The price did go up a couple of dollars. The one that I saw the other day was right around 13, 14 bucks somewhere in there. It was under fifteen bucks at Academy. And my intention was to actually pick up a couple of those until I noticed a, a, another spin cash reel with the lose logo on it. So. I looked at it, I took a look at it, and in 2020, this, this past year's iCast, or actually 2019 is when iCast was, where they introduced the new products, Luz came out with a uh, with a new spin cash reel, and it, it's it's not part of the American Hero lineup, but uh, I believe the model number is an SB2 or SC2, it's called, um, but it's, it's a matte black spin cash reel. They, the grip on it offers the uh, the tactical grip that Luz has uh, come out with that's real popular. And basically, it's it's kind of a, a, a non-skid grip on it. They have a non-skid grip with the traditional Luz paddle handle, teardrop handle. And the, the, the push button on the reel also has the tactical grip on it, which gives you nice traction even when your hands are wet. It's just a good feel, smooth feel to it. But I went ahead, um, this, this particular reel was in stock at Academy, uh, right next to all the Zepcos and all the other brands that are out there. Um, it was a little bit more expensive retail price-wise than the, the American Hero one. It was coming in right at under $20. I think it was $19, $19.99, somewhere in that ballpark. So I didn't know a whole lot about it. I, I was looking to get a third reel, so I went ahead, I snatched it up. And, uh, and I also picked up a couple of uh, Academy. Academy has, if you're looking for perch jerking rods, they have some really good deals on some small perch jerking rods. They have some little traditional pistol grip ones. I think they're labeled angler rods. They're made by Academy. It's their brand that they sell them under and they retail for right around 12 bucks a rod. Uh, really good action on them. They're, they're graphite, IM6 graphite. 
So they're they're pretty lightweight, really nice little Persian jerkin rods. If you're in the market for those, stop by Academy, check them out. Uh, I think they'll make a nice combo if you want to pair them with the rod and reel. So I picked up a couple of rods to pair the new reels up with. Went home that night, strung them up with some tube jigs, kind of got them ready for the next day, and we went out the next day we went fishing. So we get there on Sunday after baseball practice, um, kind of ran immediately to those back dead-end areas of Joe Bourgeois where we knew we had caught those, those fish before dark the day before. And right off the bat, Jackson catches one, I mean a hammer sackle, probably about a pound, pound and a half sackle, um, full of eggs. You can tell she was getting ready to spawn. Um, and right after he caught that one, I caught one, and we started we started going down the bank, kind of just tearing them up. Now, what I did find was on the second day, we had to go a little bit deeper on our depth. We went from that two-foot range to about four, four and a half foot, maybe, maybe even right at five under a cork. Um, now, a lot of you who fish deeper, when you sacrilege fish over the cork, you'll, you'll probably use a slip cork. Um, <clears throat> I was just using a regular old, you know, peg cork where you, you slide it up the line and you go ahead and you peg it. So we were using that. And I'm telling you, they started biting pretty good for us. And we, we probably caught on that Sunday right around, I'd say, if I had to estimate, I'd say easily probably 50 of them. But we were looking to keep, you know, bigger than our hand size. Sacale, which we, you know, we I didn't want to go and clean 60, 70 sacale that evening, having to go to work on Monday. So I was trying to kind of pick and choose what we kept. Um, but we caught, we caught, we ended up with 30, I think it was 35 that we cleaned on Sunday evening. And then we had right around 10 to 12 from the day before. So we had a really nice mess of, of sacale for our first trip out for the season, which glad to see like i said anywhere from if you if you're heading out it's not too late we're we're a couple of weeks past that um you know when we went and the, the spawn is still on we had some cold fronts come through um and you know it really pushed those fish back off the banks again um now fast forward to this past weekend that we had well I, all week long it was on my mind i was ready to i kind of had the fishing bug i was ready to do some some more fishing get back out there and uh, this weekend, Jackson and I took another trip out. We went out on a, that was Sunday. We couldn't go Saturday. Uh, we just had some obligations we had to take care of. And on Sunday, um, Amy and Jackson were going to a, uh, to a plantation, to, to an artsy craft show. So Jackson said, hey, Dad, let's me and you go. And I, I said, okay, that'll work for us. The weather looked real good. Um, we had a full moon this week, this past week. Uh, we still have a full moon now. And when I looked at the barometric pressure and all that stuff, everything looked good. It looked perfect. The one thing that changed drastically this week on this trip that we took Sunday was the water came up quite a bit. I'm talking probably two to three foot. The water came up. Uh, some of the structure we were throwing at the week before <clears throat> when we had those, those two good trips out, uh, we couldn't even see it this weekend. Um, so we went back. We made a run back to our, to our areas. We went out there. We kind of immediately went after those targets. We knew where they were, even though they were underwater. Um, we we kind of focused on some of those targets. And I'm gonna be honest with you. It took us. Whew, it took us probably 30, 40 minutes before we actually picked up a fish. Jackson's actually started out bass fishing. He he wanted to go and uh, do some frog fishing. He wanted to see if they were maybe catch some bass on a frog. We have a lot of lily pad fields that are up right now in the river system. Uh, perfect for throwing throwing frogs, um, and he wanted to see if he could catch something on a frog. So he was bass fishing while I was sackle fishing. So 
I went out there. I started out, I was kind of cocky thinking, okay, you know, I know the water came up, but <clears throat> the fish were biting so well the weekend before on what we were throwing that I felt pretty confident I could, I could get them to bite again. And uh, it started out, like I mentioned, really slow. It, it wasn't nothing that was on fire right out the gate. But as I, as I, w I went down and, and I moved down toward the back of the pond, I picked up one, I picked up two, uh, picked up a couple of more. And what I was noticing was I had to go back a little shallower, back to about that three-foot range on a cork with them. I changed up different colors. I tried I tried some different things. And an another thing, before I forget, that was, a, that was a key to me getting bites this Sunday was I was tipping my tube jig with the, the crappie niblets. So those of you who, are, who cycle a fish or you may not cycle a fish, when you go to Walmart or you go to your local tackle store, wherever it may be, you'll notice that Berkeley and other companies, I think uh, the, the company Cream, or it may be Cream, or I may be off on that company brand, but Walmart carries, carries a brand of crappie niblets that they sell in their fishing department. And I cannot get a bite without a crappie niblet tipped on the end of my tube jig and I, you know I, I used to hear my grandfather he was a big cyclo fisherman and me and him did a lot of cyclo fishing together um, he had got me turned on to those years ago years ago um, when we would fish Celine Lorto and areas the reservoirs where we had our camp at up around there we did we do a lot of tight line uh, spider rigging and stuff like that for cyclo we would he he was a big believer in tipping his tube jigs with with crappie niblets, and uh, he got me to where I always carry them in my tackle box, in my sackle box, in my purse jerkin box. I always have crappie niblets, uh, and I've seen where they make a huge difference in the chaffalaya basin. I've caught them where they would not bite it without it being tipped on my jig, uh, and, and it just some days it makes a difference. It really does. And this past Sunday was just like that. Um, I, like I mentioned, I was I was fishing tube jigs on the cork just like I had did the week before, and I wasn't having any success whatsoever getting a bite. I'll be damned if I didn't put on a crappy niblet, and about the third cast with it, I had I had a I had a sackle I caught a good one, and then after that, I started tipping them, started getting more bites, picking up more bites. So this weekend on this Sunday, me and Jackson had an, had another really good trip. We caught a nice mess of sackle to bring home. Um, and, and clean. We actually took some. We released them. We have a neighborhood pond uh, that we that will bring fish back sometimes, and we'll we'll help stock our neighborhood pond. Um, so we brought some. We released about a dozen of them into our neighborhood pond on Sunday, and uh, and the boys have a really good time with that. Whenever they want to fish the neighborhood and fish locally, they go out and they, they catch. You know, they have no problem catching fish on our social media page. Um, by the way, Jackson posted a picture on our on our last stop waterfowl social media page on facebook and instagram a bass he caught a couple of weeks ago um in the neighborhood pond right across the uh from our our home so that is his personal best that he caught so if you haven't seen it i invite you hop on facebook last stop waterfowl outdoors hop on instagram last stop waterfowl outdoors and check out that bass that jackson caught give him a thumbs up give him a like he would love it he loves he loves to post pictures on social media. He goes back at them, and he and he responds to any comments that are out there. And he loves to go back like months from now and look at all his all the pictures. It's kind of like a scrapbook yearbook for him, like a log. He he he's into it heavy, and he goes back and he checks all that out. Whether we're hunting ducks, 
you know, we're hunting squirrels, we're fishing, whatever it is. So uh, that was pretty cool. That, but, you know, that that's part of why we bring some of those fish back. We'll throw them in the neighborhood pond. We'll go out there and let the boys catch some fish. It's a good time for everybody. So we just try to do our part and keeping that, that thing stocked. Uh, but anyway, like I mentioned, we had a real good trip on Sunday again. Caught a good mess of sacale. Tube jigs under the cork, nothing real hard. Um, tipped them with a crappie niblet. Got to have the crappie niblets. Now, we weren't fishing any kind of live bait this weekend, but uh, I talked to several other anglers that had did some fishing, and, and they weren't having a whole lot of success. So maybe for us, knowing the area, the right area to be in, we had caught fish the week before. When we got into that spot this Sunday, there wasn't a boat in there, not a single boat in there, which I found hard to believe. But wasn't a boat in there. We went back to what we knew worked for us, caught some fish, had some really good trips the last two weekends. So, you know, we're heading into the, you know, in, right into the, the heart of spring. It's uh, it's March 10th today. Um, we, we have a lot going on in Louisiana. Um, I know the bass bite on Toledo Bend is picking up. It's getting real hot. Caddo Lake, Caney Lake, up north, a lot of the Oxbows, St. John's. Um, I've had some really good fishing reports. Some guys that I talked to that are good friends of mine, reliable sources, Lake Verrett even. Lake Verrett's producing. Some of the tournaments around here, the weights are starting to get bigger. They're starting to get bigger weights on the bags. Um, it's starting to turn on. So if, if you got the time, and you got the, the accessibility to get out on the water, I encourage you to go out. You're going to have some fun. South Louisiana and, and all across Louisiana, North Louisiana, <coughs> all our oxbows, phenomenal fishing this time of year. Um, looking at the forecast heading into this weekend, uh, it's going to be pretty much, you know, pretty much um, sun. Not a whole lot of rain this week expected in the forecast. Temperatures are climbing up a little bit going to be in the 70s most of the week i think it's going to drop down into the 60s at night so it should be prime time we got a full moon the spawn is going to be on here pretty heavy if it's not already happening in your area um i unfortunately i won't be able to do any kind of fishing this coming weekend um we have the louisiana sportsman show so uh work calls this weekend we're going to have a good time out of the louisiana sportsman show at lamar dixon if you haven't ever attended the Louisiana Sportsman Show, I invite you to go. It's a it's a it's a uh, family friendly environment. They got some really cool stuff from the hunting side of it. They have some awesome waterfowl companies, uh, some great Louisiana waterfowl companies. Duck Nuts is going to be out there. Um, the guys who make the decoy anchor weights, um, Go Devil Manufacturing, Gator Tail, all all the surface drive companies are going to be out there. Uh, there's going to be some some really good Louisiana waterfowl and outdoor hunting companies that are that are present at the Sportsman Show this weekend. And I can honestly tell you, if you're in the market to buy a boat, this is the weekend to come check it out. Um, we're going to be there. I work for Boat City USA out of Hammond and Henderson, Louisiana. We have some awesome deals on boats this weekend at the Sportsman Show. There's some really great incentives going on right now. Um, that are out there we're going to have boats on we we, we just hauled 35 boats uh over to gonzalez to the to get them ready for this weekend sportsman show we also going to have tracker off-road atvs and utvs if you're in the market for an atv or utv come see us out of lamore dixon this weekend boats we're going to have boats from ranger we have some phenomenal deals on ranger boats by the way guys so if you're in the market you've been looking at a ranger aluminum boat 
a range of fiberglass boat. Come see us. Boat City USA booth of the Louisiana Sportsman Show. We're going to have manufacturer uh, boats on hands from Regency pontoons, Sun Tracker pontoons, um, a lot of different uh, tracker boats. Go Devil, we'll have them all, guys, at Louisiana at the Louisiana Sportsman Show at Lamar Dixon. So come out and see us. Um, if you're looking, you know, just to go spend a great weekend with the family, they have rides for the kids. They have dog shows, uh, the Splash Dogs that are there. They put on an awesome show. I think they have live music, food for the kids. It'll be a good time for everybody. So there's a lot going on, you know, in, in South Louisiana and all across the state this weekend in Springs, hidden full swing. Um, the fishing's getting good, and I look forward to spending some more time on the water. So we're going to be getting y'all some more reports on what's going on. But, look, I appreciate everybody tuning in to this week's episode with us. We really enjoy it. If you have some feedback, leave it for us on our social media pages. Um, if you could, like and share this podcast. It's going to be available for listeners on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and all your favorite podcast platforms. So we'll hope to see everybody out on the water this spring. But until next time, this is your host, Jacob Robery, with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors, signing off. Everybody have a good week.